This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Penrise with the throw, headed on by Devon White, Peacock's there and Peacock with a magnificent goal! Now you know him better than anybody probably, do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh it No! Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin, Will He Score? I'm Chris Gold, joining me my co-host Josh Whittacombe. Hello. And some say he's the only man whose favourite Spice Girl was sporty. <laughs> Others claim he has travelled on Christian Gross's travel guard since 1997. It's Michael Marden. Hello. First bit of business, our three-date Quickly Kevin Will He tour has now sold out. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, we look forward to Manchester and London. Salford. And London. Salford. Yeah, that is an error yeah. that you can make. Thank you to everyone who pointed that out on Twitter. But we're still looking forward to going. <laughs> Correspondence. You've got mail. Before we get too oh. far into the correspondence, I've got a John Barnes story. Yeah. I was outside West Ham the other week, outside the hospitality entrance, and there was John Barnes looking flustered. There was a problem with his tickets. Has and John was, Barnes got a West Ham connection? Uh, no, it was West Ham Liverpool, so oh, right. he was there for Liverpool. And he was, yeah, he was looking a little bit flustered, but he was trying to like have an, essentially an argument about the guy sorting his tickets out, while at the same time people were wanting selfies. Was so he on he's his own? He's seemingly on his own with like a, I couldn't tell if it was a mate or the guy who was sorting out his tickets. So he's really furious. He's having the argument. Can I have a picture? Yeah, I'll just smile. <laughs> and then back to furious John Barnes. However, I spotted that he was carrying a bag and the bag was from Game. From game? Oh, yeah. And John Barnes had popped into game. And then, because the bag was slightly translucent, I could see the game oh, that he'd God, bought. Yes, please. It was some sort of Lego game for the PlayStation. Uh. Extra bit of detail, though. It had a reduce sticker on it. Uh. So either he's gone to the game shop to get a Lego game he wants and has struck lucky in that it's reduced, or John Barnes is, like, rifling around the bargain bucket area. 
<laughs> right, here's my theory. What, what, it was at 5.30 kickoff, it? was 5.30, it? yeah. I reckon Barnes has thought it was a 3pm kickoff. <laughs> Had to turn to up kick. early. He gets to Westfield at 2.45, realises what's happened. He's got to kill some time. He goes to Comptoir Libanais. That's an hour, max. <laughs> so he, he thinks he walks around. He has a coffee somewhere. Then he goes into game and he thinks, I can't loiter in game for more than 20 minutes without buying something. Yeah. That's well, my theory. What are your other theories? Well, the other, we were going to try and like investigate this further by looking to see if he's got kids, looking to see if there's a birthday coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I hope John Barnes' son listening. isn't listening and we've ruined, we've ruined <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> I bet you think he was getting a head start on his Christmas shopping. Barnes yeah, is probably of the age where his kids would be quite old by now. John Barnes must be close to 60, mustn't he? Strikes me as the kind of man who may have remarried. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not going to research that. No, it's just no. my opinion. We have had lots of correspondence about John Barnes in the past, and all of it involves people going up to him and making a joke about isotonic drink and getting fuck all back. <laughs> Um, <laughs> shall we have a look at some correspondence? Yeah, why not? Had an email from Andrew Morris. He says, I thought you may be interested in my appearance in the local press a few years ago. We hit the headlines due to holding John Walk fan club meetings in a tiny Welsh village he had never heard of. Wow. The club still runs and meets. We are 90s football experts, heroes, and love the podcast. Oh, right. wow. I've managed, Thank you, Andrew. I've managed to pull the local press piece and the John oh, Walk yeah. appreciations. Well done. The John Walker Appreciation Society was launched by Andrew Morris and Chris Cool a decade ago, even though neither of them are town fans. The pair meet once a week, donning their walk t-shirts <laughs> to analyse one of football's most enduring careers. I mean, I'd debate that one. A slightly baffled walk said, when I first heard about it... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Could I just say, that is one of my favourite bits of... Um, Editorialising that any news coverage has ever done. A slightly baffled walk. <laughs> that's sl- by the way, that's a slightly baffled walk, as in John Walk, not as in the way he's walking. Yeah, <laughs> I've just noticed as well. I've missed out how the article begins. Oh, okay. In his three spells at Portman Road, he not only won the hearts of the terraces, but bagged an FA Cup and a UEFA Cup. And now he has another honour to add to his glittering career: a bizarre cult set up in a tiny Welsh village who worship at the altar of Walk. Oh, this is so good. Um, Andrew Morris, I love you. Yeah, he says, uh, I thought it was a bit of a wind-up, but it's nice that there are people out there willing to do that. It feels good that people appreciate what you did on the pitch. If they come down to Portman Road, I will definitely like to meet up with them. Andrew added, it would be a dream come true to actually meet John, or even for him to give his official backing to the club. The club being the John Walk Appreciation Society. Can I just ask, do we know why they've done this? It's Uh, a bit of a mystery. I like no. He's like a he's an amusing figure because yeah. he is. We're all aware of that. Yeah, and I don't mean that in any disrespect because he's also a scary figure. <laughs> but like, I'd love to know Andrew, and I always say I'd love to know more backup. I don't think we've ever had a backup email. <laughs> but like, what led to the creation of this? Because while this is a lovely local newspaper article, they haven't delved deep enough into the psychology of this madness. No, and also it says they've been doing it for ten years. Yeah, and now, has anyone, I, anyone... How, how illustrious was his career <laughs> weekly for 10 years? Yeah. Were they going like a minute-by-minute minute breakdown of every <laughs> game you ever played in? I think Andrew Morris, um, who uh, has run his local paper a merry dance here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you um, not think the John Walker Appreciation Society is just an excuse to get away from the wife? <laughs> 
I haven't thought about John Walker in 15 years, and I'm one third of Britain's premier 90s football podcast. Well, coincidentally, we uh, we have an Instagram account, and um, a while ago, Chris decided to unfollow everyone on our Instagram account. I was waiting for a train, and I just unfollowed everyone we had on Instagram. And I was like, I'm going to follow one person, and I thought that person should be a 90s footballer, but. So I typed in John Walk. But then obviously John Walk is not on Instagram, but there is a man called John Walk. So He's... I now, well, our, our Quickly Kevin Instagram account follows John Amazing. Walk, but it's not the John Walk. All of our listeners who have got Instagram accounts, when you hear this episode, if you go on Instagram, go on our account and follow that John Walk, <laughs> we want him to get a massive influx of followers. <laughs> For no discernible reason. And if you want to leave a comment about John Walk or other 90s footballers on his account, feel free to do so. Yeah. And, and, you know, be nice. And why not like his last picture? If everyone liked his last picture. Yeah, don't don't be mean. Don't say anything. No, don't do that because it's just not on. Give Walk some love. So, as of this moment, John Walk has 142 followers. Can we double that? (laughs) Let's. (laughs) Right. Do you want 90s footballers on social media? Let's go. Yes, please. It's an absolute doozy. When the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. Can we thank Kevin Kissan for sending in a tweet by... Former Liverpool winger Mark Kennedy from May 2011. He's really had to dig deep for this. Trawled the archives. Astonishing, this. isn't it? Mark Kennedy. So you're aware of Mark Kennedy. He kind of moved from Millwall to Liverpool, didn't really make it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just everything about this. Afternoon tweets. Off to Nando's in a minute to discuss a possible super injunction with my lawyer. Who <laughs> <laughs> suggested the venue, him or his lawyer? <laughs> if it's the lawyer, you should be worried. Later, Call of Duty, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Nando's, lawyer, super injunction, Call of Duty. Can we just go through from the top? Can we start with the fact, he's put afternoon tweets, Mark Kennedy. This was sent at (laughs) 8.03pm. So Mark Kennedy at 8.03 in the evening has tweeted tweets, which is just unbearable. Off to Nando's in a minute to discuss a possible super injunction with my lawyer. Do you think that's a joke? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I wonder if there was a news story around that time. Because Mark Kennedy is not someone who needs a super injunction. <laughs> For Mark Kennedy to be newsworthy, and I mean no disrespect. He'd have to have killed someone. He'd have to have killed someone, <laughs> Which I don't think you can get any super injunction on. <laughs> But also, the whole idea of a super injunction is obviously to cover a story up. So why is he tweeting that he's going to get yeah. one? He obviously doesn't know what one means. Anyway, later, Call of Duty, I think. But it does say, he's, he's capitalised COD. We think that means Call of Duty. It could mean COD. Yeah, yeah. He could be having a big yeah. bit of COD. Okay, up next is the 1997 Barry Fry documentary. There's only one Barry Fry. Yeah, if you don't know who Barry Fry is, um, huge character, Peterborough manager. Made a mistake many did during the 90s, much to uh, our, our benefit of allowing the cameras into the dressing room. And also, he's not only being a kind of football manager chairman, he's also trying to be a TV personality. Oh. All of which makes for scintillating viewing. Without further ado, Tom Crane, there's only one Barry Fry. 
you're allowing him free energy, free energy. Fucking jump with him, I want you to jump with him. We're doing stupid things in stupid situations. Hello and welcome to his second appearance on Quickly Kevin. It's friend of the show, comedian extraordinaire, Tom Crane. Hello. You're back. You're now officially a friend of the show. Oh, very sweet. It means a lot. Yeah, no worries. Uh, before <laughs> before we get complaints, we do know he was on the quiz, but that doesn't count as an official episode. Oh, true. <gasps> it's like a pre-season friendly appearance. <laughs> it's a community shield. That yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, um, what clip have you brought in for us? Uh, clip today. Um, well, last time I was here, we did the clip of the Aston Villa Club. Um, Aston the Aston Villa, Villa Club? <laughs> you don't know much about football, do you? The mask slipping. I like David Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I support the Aston Villa Club. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite player would be the striker. Um, so, yeah, we, I think it was about 95, 96. Milosevic was there, so it must have been around about 96, 97 maybe. Uh, and all the players just... Savo. Uh, Savo. Uh, great player I really liked him uh, I remember when he got sold uh, my friend had a countdown timer uh, on his little Casio watch to tell him it was midday on the Tuesday he got sold from Villa he hated him that much and celebrated in maths but I always quite liked <laughs> Savo I know he didn't have a left foot so why did they announce he was being sold at midday because that was the agreement it was, it was weirdly in the press it said that he would be I don't know why it was a particularly Mid- weird transfer <laughs> And his watch went off, and it was like raw celebration. But I liked him. He didn't have a left foot, but he was good. He, and he, he did really well after that. He played well as Aragotha. So yeah, that's what he played. He was a good player. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's not what this is for. No. <laughs> um, but we, just, we, we the clip last time was uh, Villa players talk about all the unhealthy stuff they eat. Basically, their eating habits. Uh, there's another part of this um, video which is them talking about what they like to drink, uh, and it's it's hilarious. Sure, sure, sure. Watch a bit. So we've heard the foods. Here are the drinks. Drink? No, I've never touched a drop in my life. Uh, I've not have the odd lager in my time, but I love tea. Drink tea for fun. Could I just say, sorry, to, we can't pause after everyone, but Tommy Johnson's cheeky smile at the camera. <laughs> oh, yeah. Says, I've never had one in I've my never life. Dropped a, it's a bit like when Ricky Gervais goes, do I drink? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this do guy's asking if I drink. <laughs> yes, he, yes, he drinks. Say, have I had a lager? Yeah, I'm an adult. Yeah. I think he goes on to say he likes tea at this point, doesn't he? And kind of he realizes he's, you know, this is the beginning of footballers being aware of sort of like journalistic correct things to say, and he sort of yeah backtracks. You know, I like lager. Really, is what I'll drink if if I'm in Ireland. I don't mind a pint or two of Guinness. I like blackcurrant lemonade or lime and lemonade. Those are uh, uh, good drinks that I enjoy. <laughs> Dwight York, my sweet sweet boy. <laughs> you say so that in a, he, so he got a, Jordan <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> fucked yeah, up. You're right. <laughs> Yeah, yes, he did. Yes, he's a bad dad. I think it was United turned his head because he seems like a nice guy at this point. But no surprise that Dwight York went on to better things, whereas the other two people were drinking, didn't Andy Townsend loves a beer, Andy and I will have a Guinness. I'm pretty sure Andy Townsend says as well, I like a Raga. (laughs) (laughs) Can't really say I like alcohol because, um, to be honest, it makes me sick. (laughs) I do like a bit of Ribena now and again. Ribena. I love Ribena. I hate Ribena, yes. Um, no, I'm a bit partial to um, a nice pint of bitter uh, and a bit later on a Bacardi and Coke. Usually a double. Usually a double, yeah. I don't think you can equate Ribena to bitter. They're very different drinks. Who's that? Is that, that Nigel Spackman? Spink. Nigel, Nigel Spink. Nigel Spink. Nigel yeah, Spink. The reserve I don't think you can equate Ribena to bitter. I like that they've queued him up. Like to say, they must have gone. Everyone likes Ribena. Everyone likes Ribena. <laughs> yeah. And then use that for comedic purposes. 
No, you don't ask him what drinks you like. I don't like Ribena. <laughs> yeah. Nigel, we've got a bit where everyone loves Ribena. Can you just say you like Ribena? <laughs> I don't know like Ribena really, really well. My integrity is at the stake. You know, at this point, Aston Villa, this is just before they failed to secure the sponsorship of Ribena. <laughs> All we need is everyone to vouch for Ibina. That's what this video was originally meant to be, but it's gone badly wrong. Yeah, exactly. There's another video where they, they all discuss how much they love Muller Rice. <laughs> that, did, uh, that actually did come off. At the moment, I'm into bottled lager. But I, I, you know, I enjoy a few beers at the weekend to unwind. I like a few beers at the weekend to unwind. A a sweet, sweet well, boy. Gareth South, we missed it at the start there. Gareth Southgate's opening one is like a bit of water. <laughs> I mean, obviously, last uh, series we discussed Nigel Martin's top five drinks. Yeah. As told to Match Magazine. If you've got any more players ordering drinks anecdotes, you know where to email us. <laughs> Hello at quicklygaming.com. Yeah. Now. Right. On okay. to business. So, we have watched a documentary by the name of There's Only One Barry Fry. It documents his time at Peterborough in the 96-97 season. It is available on YouTube. Were you aware of this before, Tom? I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I wasn't aware of this. Were you? No, no. I, I watched it at the time. I vaguely remember watching it at the time. Michael? I was aware, but hadn't seen it. I Can I say, of all the things we've watched, I'd say it's my favourite one. Really? I loved it. It was great. I absolutely loved every minute of it. There was a bit, there was a bit when it got to the second advert break and I thought, oh, I mean, I've got another advert break to come out of the 50 minutes. And then I realised, because it was the 90s, there was only two advert breaks. And I punched the air with joy. Because I wanted as much fry as possible. Yeah, in a way that, uh, no, no one's punched the air since Nick Moore celebrated Savin Losevich leaving yeah. Villa in 97. It's, it's a brilliant documentary. Lovely. Yeah. We, we should start by saying, okay, we've all watched it. Did, what did we think of Barry Fry before we watched this? Well, I always thought he was, you know, a bit of a character, a bit sort of Ian Holloway, sort of, you know, bubbly guy. I always thought he was slightly cartoonish, really. I, I'm going to use the phrase clown prince. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I thought he was more accomplished as a manager. Oh, really? Than you find him to be in this documentary. You thought, you thought his performance yeah. was amateurish? Prior to this, I thought he was a lower leagues manager who was brilliant, like a kind of Warnock type who could work magic on no money. Yes. But this, as we'll come to, exposes him, I think, it's a little bit of a charlatan. Well, well, we should say, what this, just to give a flavour of the documentary, <laughs> it follows Peterborough throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And what originally starts is Fry um, saying that he wants them to win the league. Disaster after disaster. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I, I don't think they win in the entire documentary. No, they do. They win one game. They win one game. Which we'll come back later. Before we get into the film, we should just give a tiny bit of context. Yeah. So, so prior to the start of this film, he had been hired as Birmingham manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he'd been in the sort of lower leagues. He'd been at Barnet, got them promoted, got his big chance at Birmingham, failed miserably, but got a massive payout, and then decided to take that money and buy a controlling share yeah. in Peterborough and <laughs> yeah. become the first ever owner-manager, basically. Yeah. And that's, that's, where, we, that's where we decision. pick up at the start of this film. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it, it is popular because within the intro, it is revealed the ticket season ticket sales doubled. Oh, exactly. Yeah. When Barry Fry was announced as the owner-manager of the club. Completely. Literally, in the first minute, he, he describes that as he says, I've got a few bob from being sacked at Birmingham and I'm going to put it back into football because it's been good to me. Um, I think it's worth explaining by that point in the documentary minute in, we've already found out he's had two heart attacks and been made redundant <laughs> in the last year. 
I don't know. The phrase, it's been good to me, is you, you used rather fast and loose there. And now, and that, within a minute, we get into his first team talk, which yeah. I think one of the things that keeps occurring is the debacle of how bad his team talk. <laughs> you've, you've missed something out oh, there, sorry. because 44 seconds... Sean Bean is narrating this documentary. Oh, yeah, I forgot that Sean Bean. Sean Bean is narrating. Like, I never took that in. Yeah. Is he? Amazing. I, I thought, well, hang on, we're in for a ride here. <laughs> They've got Bean on board. But then we cut, as you say, to first the Peterborough dressing Now, his team talks are either needlessly, outlandishly angry, mm. overly pally, yeah. or give away his sheer negativity. So that he says, we're going to win the league. And then you cut to his first team talk. And in the last thing he says to the players, he gives them tips about taking court. You stare on your man, da da da. And then his final words are, "We need a bit of luck, but life is full of pleasant surprises." <laughs> what manager has decided to say that? We need a bit of luck. Also, how often is the phrase "life is full of pleasant surprises" used by a man who's had two heart attacks? It's used at the end when they're in like, the final relegation yeah. battle. Like he, he loves this phrase. Life is full of P forty five and stents. That's what it's full of. Also, the, the, the right at the start. So he's given the team talk at the start, and he and he, he's given out his tactics. One of the tactics is mark the keeper, yeah. mark the keeper, and then the voiceover of Barry Ford cuts over the top that says, "I've got good ideas." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not illustrating your point very well, Barry. Yeah, it's remarkable. Yeah. He really loves, in a general sense, the good cop, bad cop. Basically, he'll pick one player and yeah. praise the yeah. hell out of yeah. them and then turn to the next person and react like they've, you know. He, his, his team talk style reminded me of being a kid with a, a single parent who had to play both roles. So as opposed to having like the dad being the stern disciplinarian and the mum coming in going, oh, Barry, Barry Fry had to play both of them in the space of 30 seconds and was just undermining what he was doing. So these players are just looking at him like, I don't see, what are you trying to do you fat slam and gives you an that, N64. <laughs> that first half time, he comes in yeah. and he tells the goalie how good he is. He's brilliant. And then he goes to the next guy and basically, he says, you're shit at everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, at this point, it's one all. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, they've got, he's got to go out he's again. Him. It's not 3-0 down at full time. They're one all at half time. Well, the, the, I think the quote is, Jeff, well done, mate, to the keeper. And then Huck's fucking hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hopeless as a defender. Fucking hopeless as an attacker. He, <laughs> I don't know what his role is. Is he right wing? Is he right? Then, I don't know what he's hoping from this guy. Huck's fucking hopeless. But he stays on. Yeah, he stays if I'm on. If I'm that bad, take me off. He's a better option. It is the thing we come to again and again is... Because that first team talk, my, my favourite thing I noticed about it was it starts with the camera coming in through the doors. Yeah. And they're all sat there and Barry Fry stood there and then he begins his team talk. And you think, they've all had to sit there and what a silence and wait going the camera's going to do a shot where they come in through the door before Barry starts uh, do you think you know in wildlife where you're not like meant to interfere mm. in like a David Attenborough film yeah, yeah. this documentary is surely undermining well, everything that's happening because he plays the camera the whole completely. time yeah. well you assume they've all been sat there in silence there's an off chance Hux has already had a bollocking has happened to listen to it again <laughs> Oh, they, weren't, they weren't filming. Sorry, mate. Um, I'll get back to you. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a bit like Fry's shouting from the dugout, 
and he just goes we couldn't pass water yeah. and you go he's done that for the camera yeah, that, that isn't an instruction that is a lovely bit of business um, <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of Barry Fry like the early bit I'd love to play the swearing montage of 2 minutes 40 yeah. if yeah. we can That's wonderful We're in trouble here, Ledge. But also in that clip, you see the assistant manager's teeth fall out yeah. as he's shouting at the team. <laughs> yeah. We should make just quickly explain that's false teeth, not literally. Yeah, yes. <laughs> There's not such a gust of air from his mouth that they're blown no, yeah, out. His assistant manager's seven. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, so it sets the tone. Okay. So we established early on that he's put some sort of guarantee, a loan out on his house yep. that will guarantee the fortunes of Peterborough United for the time yep. being. Yep. His £210,000 house. Yes. Now, yeah. I was shocked by his house. <laughs> I right? wasn't. Really? That's exactly how I imagined Barry I Fry's house. Barry Fry is a large and life character. I was aware of him at that time, and yep. he's got a very ordinary, semi detached house. Did you he expect him to live in like a pie? Yeah, For someone who owns Andy's manager, he's got two jobs. <laughs> at the yeah. very least, a detached house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, at the very least. Yeah. Also, so slightly a more a better place that it doesn't have a concrete football outside the front yeah. of his house. And also, the, his Barry Fry's interior design I found fascinating about his house, didn't you? There's oh. lace everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, I lace hanging think, on the wall. I don't yeah. think Fry's had that big an input into it. Yeah. So he, I, yeah. My favourite detail of his house yeah. is um, in the kitchen at one point, you see his... Uh, wife making breakfast and in the cupboard you see they've got um you know those industrial large size tins of baked beans you only get in canteens <laughs> and they're called best beans they're not even Heinz he's obviously got them from Peter reunited <laughs> Do you think he's going in the kitchen and nicking stuff? He's nicking the food. Well, that's the real reason he got sacked from Birmingham. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> My other favourite detail from the interior design is, is at one point the camera pans in the kitchen and there's a framed photo of Barry eating a sandwich. Oh, yeah, there is. There is. Like that guy who ate a pie in the FA Cup and got. <laughs> in trouble <laughs> it's got a real pride of place on the side in the kitchen yeah it was a great sandwich and, to be fair. And then his wife who he described as his best ever signing yeah that was like a, lovely, lovely. a lovely bit of business lovely. really lovely not the first time he said that you could hear her, her eyes roll back <laughs> yeah. which is, as that was but saying. then he, he undercuts that by going oh if I didn't have her own the kids I'd just come home and shoot myself in the face yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's you do have to understand she did score 42 goals in division 3 <laughs> <laughs> so literally the best ever signing <laughs> Uh, yeah, we should say he's married to Steve Claridge. <laughs> he lives in what looks like a normal semi-detached house. And then at one point, in kind of TARDIS-style scene, it's revealed he has a swimming pool in this house. Oh, yeah. I didn't realise yeah. the swimming pool was in the house. Yeah, it is. I assumed yeah. it was in a hotel. No, it's no. in the house. So he's got a swimming pool in the house. Yeah. How does that work? I know. But, it's quite a sweet scene though that's a nice scene though because it kind of shows how warm yeah but he's a warm man and he's, he's kind of really lovely with his family and kind of yeah it's uh, it's quite a sweet moment he describes them as his four birth YTS projects <laughs> <laughs> 
So he's put this house up basically As to get guarantee, which actually, and, and yeah. I think that's the thing about Barry Fry. Like this documentary changed my mind. Like he really does care. Like yeah. he, I, I want to. He is celebrating every goal. He's feeling every defeat. Yeah. He's in deep. He's great. He is great. So, but what happens is there's a series of revelations. That the first revelation was when you watch the first game, which is set to smoke on the water by Deep Purple for no reason. <laughs> And then he loses the first game. You think, well, that's bad. But, you know, he's just said he wants to win the title. And then the Sean Bean voiceover goes, that means Peter have only won three of their first 17 games. So you're like, we're coming a bit late here, am This is going to be bad someone lost, someone's lost the film. <laughs> it should have been, you know, it should be a six-part series, but be honest with <laughs> Actually, that first game was actually nil all. Because there's oh, yeah, quite sorry, a sweet moment at the end yeah, where he goes, sorry. he says afterwards, well, that's the first time I've been, I've ever been pleased to draw naught naught in a way that you're watching an episode of, what was that programme, Faking It, where like an accountant has to pretend to be a football manager. Because <laughs> I've, I've never heard someone use the phrase naught naught. You're, yeah. you're a football man. You work in football. What does that ever be? Naught naught. Yeah, but um, yeah. So yeah, so they, they, that's, it's an amazing part. So we've missed it. That's when he's talking to the journalist who says he's great. He'll give yeah. us anything. Yeah. The journalist who in 1997 is writing on one of those computer screens where the word processing is black background with green font and cursor. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's writing an MS Docs. <laughs> <laughs> this is the nineties. Yeah. Windows ninety five was out. <laughs> Remarkable. He said that that journalist says he's great. You can write whatever you like about him, and then they cut to the front page where, or the sports page where he's written, "Worse than a pub team." It's just <laughs> such a slam. Such uh, innocent Barry Fry. It's going to be yeah. incredible. He's a, he's a lovely guy. This one, Barry Fry, awful man. Is it? <laughs> um, um, but the best bit of journalism isn't newspaper. It is yeah. the next scene in which Barry Fry attends a breakfast radio interview. Oh. Can we just watch that, please? It's absolutely incredible. Just to be clear, you watch this documentary, they don't say he's attended a breakfast radio interview. He just cuts to this scene mm. out of nowhere. Fun in the morning. Guess who? Guess who? That's who. Yes, it's Barry Friday today. Yes, 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 yes. Morning, morning, morning. Wake up, you lazy lot. It's uh, Harold FM and Barry Fry's joining us. And firstly, Barry, had a call from one of our listeners called Simon. He lives in Paston. Yeah. And he called to say, what went wrong against Notts County midweek? And will he put it right tomorrow? I'll give up. Is it a quiz? And yes. <laughs> goals, goals, goals. But they're going in at both ends, aren't they? Well, I uh, when I came to Peterborough United, I promised entertainment and plenty of goals. What I didn't promise was what end the goals would be scored in. <laughs> I mean, that, that, well, so I, many questions. That is such a well-tread line from Barry. I mean, that is how many times we could use that. Oh, Alan Partridge! It's incredible. Few things on that. Number one, that breakfast DJ and Barry, as you pointed out, Michael. What? Well, they're sharing a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> And like Robson and Jerome. Well, it's like some kind of weird comedy double act, and, and he's like Chris Moyle's sidekick. He's like comedy day, just leaning in for the lols. It's incredible. I lo- but I love that sort of. I mean, I would if like Pep Guardiola came out after a game and said, "When I came here, I promised attractive attacking football and goals. I didn't promise at which end they go. Why can't that be on match of the day? Why are we here hearing people? Yeah, we, of course we were cloaked tight at the back and we tried to use the wing backs properly. I want to hear. Is it great? That's it's great. It's so good because the thing with it is they go welcome it's Barry Friday yeah. got a text in 
Why are we shit against North County? <laughs> <laughs> it's like that pop, that pop bang of live and kicking. Remember that back in the day? <laughs> yeah, where someone why are you so shit? <laughs> The other thing that made me think, while they're doing this, they're showing the interview of Barry Fry and the, the local radio DJ. They're intercutting it with clips of the uh, Barry Fry's wife cleaning up the children's bedrooms. Yeah. And I suddenly thought, would you want Barry Fry as your dad? Like, yeah. it, it would be, he would be so tiring. Yeah. Imagine that, like just constant energy. Like even you see him when he's in the swimming pool yeah. and when he's on this radio shout at the time. Like, God, can you shut up? I'm trying to do well, my homework. I'm, I'm going to say something. I think people with that much energy also have very dark periods. Peaks and troughs. I reckon there's periods where they're like, where's your dad? Just lying under the duvet. <laughs> <laughs> where's dad gone this weekend? No, he's just in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Incidentally, that's good. That, I speak from first-hand experience, obviously. I'm not... I'm not I'm Incidentally, your response there, Chris, is one of the dweebiest things I've ever heard. What? You just basically said, Barry, you, Barry Fryer would be trying to get you in the swimming pool, and you'd be going, come on, Dad, I'm trying to do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> wow, lame, were you? No, I'm trying to read his book. Oh, what a nightmare. I think Barry Fryer trying to get you in your house in swimming <laughs> trying, trying to do, do my homework. homework. Stop trying to make me kiss that girl, Dad. I'm trying to do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go to the second revelation. Right. First revelation is that 17 games they've won three. Yeah. yeah. Second revelation. <laughs> at 9 minutes 43, it's revealed oh, yeah. that Barry Fry, when he bought the club, didn't get his accountant to check the books. Incredible. Until but after he agreed to it. He bought it. Yeah. And then he just said he'd just taken them on their word yeah. as to how much the club owed. Mm hmm. It's got to be checks and balances. Even, but in Barry Fry's defence, he says he's not a businessman. <laughs> yeah. And I think we can now say he's not a football manager. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, 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 it's such a remarkable decision. Yeah, so, but he says it sort of like quite proudly as well that he's got yeah. to, that he only checked this afterwards. If that wasn't the thing to do, because the amount he thought it was was um, I think it's, he thought there was six hundred fifty thousand pounds in debt. Turns out they were two and a half million. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when you're getting a gate of about 50, <laughs> is a problem. And um, then, to deal with this, sacks his yeah. assistant manager and coach. Yeah. You know, Mike, you were talking earlier about how he's managing like a single parent. He's now put himself in that position. Well, my, yeah. my, my favourite scene that happens straight after that is there's a game, he's on the bench. I know what you're going to say. And it's just him. Like, it's a completely empty <laughs> bench. <laughs> to cut costs mm. cut to Barry Fry this solitary figure remortgaging his house yeah. it's so brilliant oh. there's also a scene where he's got his son on yeah. the bench oh, that's brilliant throughout the thing it's yeah. just to fill it out <laughs> is his son his son isn't being used in some kind of no, official no, capacity coaching capacity <laughs> exactly his son I stood mean, there going I just want to be doing my homework dad <laughs> First, the pool, now this. <laughs> Trying to get my childhood. So, no, the best bit about the sun clip uh, is that it's, it starts with Barry Fry swearing and then he turns to his son. Yeah. And his son's just been sat there for the whole game of Barry Fry saying, You fucking idiot, push up! <laughs> Right. The, um, there's, uh, there's part of me when I was watching this that started to suspect, did he think. This is the only way I can stay in a managerial job. Because there's no risk if you own the club that you're going to get. Yeah, sacked. I was thinking that. So, like. The cuss cutting, you'd think Barry Fry, big name, yeah. he's probably on much bigger wage than 
any of the people at the club, the, mm-hmm. another club would have sacked Barry Fry and promoted exactly. the assistant. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Particularly if he'd only won three games I in mean, the first seven seasons. That is job security as a manager. That is the way to ensure it is by the club. That well, then, is it, isn't it? Then there is the ultimate revelation mm-hmm. when it was revealed three minutes later in the documentary that he didn't buy the club at all. No. <laughs> and the deal didn't go through. I, I mean, I struggled to understand it. I, 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 I gave up trying. I was trying to rack my brain to see how this could work. But no. I gave up. He doesn't own the club and he thought he did. Well, I, mean, yeah. I don't know how that happened. I don't know. That's never happened. Yeah, like, you wouldn't move into your house. You're like, oh, you don't actually own this house. There's been a cock up with the keys. Well, then I, I ordered an Uber quite recently and then I did the journey and the next day I got a message from them saying, you owe us seven pounds. It's because I'd changed, I'd lost my card and changed the details. That's what it was. I think he'd, he'd obviously <laughs> lost his card on a night out. The numbers <laughs> had changed slightly, slightly. He'd paid for it using the original numbers and it hadn't gone through. That's basically what's happened. We've all been there. He then it gets one game. They win their first game. Yeah. Afterwards, he goes. Can briefly say that um, they win three-two. Uh, three of the worst goals oh. I have ever seen. Awful. There's one where there's a scuff clearance and the striker sort of like limply heads it in and Barry goes, great goal! Like, reacts like it's beautiful. <laughs> and it just, that summarizes just how bad the standard of football is. The awful. pitches are awful, awful throughout this thing. It's like, like the Somme. Oh, the Somme! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Somme! <laughs> i tell you what it made me feel, though. I know it was like, it's horrible, rainy, terrible football, but there was part of it really sort of made me long to watch that sort of lower division. There's something about that. I've always enjoyed going to those sort of matches. I can see why people love it. Like, you know, look at the Premiership. It's really glossy and it's big and perfect. There's one thing this is, it isn't glossy. Yeah, but it's great. What do you think of him as a character? Because you've got get Barry Fry. So, less than 20 minutes into this documentary, he's lost almost every game. Mm-hmm. He's remortgaged his house, and then he's found out he doesn't actually own the club. Yeah. But he's still chirpy. Yeah, well, great. I actually thought he's really personable. Like, my impression of Barry Fry was that he's a kind of Rodney Marsh, kind of mean character, like, yeah. or maybe yeah. kind of Eric Hall, <laughs> where he's kind of in it for himself. But he comes across really kind of bubbly and nice. And the way he put his house up for grabs, you know, risked his kind of the safety of his family in terms of having somewhere to live I, yeah. I thought oh, he's in this deep and he's a nice guy definitely really naive well, and absolutely <laughs> not a businessman yeah, well there's a, there's a bit actually uh, after a Christmas game sort of like a winter period game where he goes into the bar afterwards to speak to the fans oh, to yeah. go I reckon we're going to have a better second half of the season uh, trust me things are going to get better and they're all drinking beer, beer in there as you do yeah. in the bar we've all been there but he's like I mean that would never happen that, you would never yeah. see that and it's, kind of, it's really sweet that he does that and that's, they clearly like him. Although that's when terrible. they win the game at Christmas time. Yeah. And it's their first win in ages. Yeah. And the players come in and he goes, from relegation to promotion. Yeah. <laughs> and then one of them goes, yeah, I think we can make the playoffs. And he goes, well, no, we can win the whole thing. And you're like, mate, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? You've <laughs> four games all season. This didn't work at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Think, do you think he believes it? I don't know. No, because I think, you know, when he says stuff like, you know, we need a bit of luck and life is full of surprises. Occasionally the mask slips. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But he's desperate to raise money. In comes the hero oh, of yeah. the first half of this documentary, Jimmy yeah. Greaves, yeah. who's going to come and do an after-dinner speech. Yeah. How much is that going to save a club? Because he's presumably they paid Greaves to come in and do this after-dinner speech, which looks so bleak. Yeah, although it is rammed, to be fair. Yeah. It's, it, there's loads of people there. Yeah. 
So he comes out. He talks about it like Jimmy Greaves is his mate who he's managed to swindle in. And you well, just I, go, I think he was. Just, no, but he's just paid him the going rate to do his after dinner tour. <laughs> well, no, you say that. I did some research about Barry Fry, and actually, Ooh. as a player, he was good friends with lots of like he was mates with George Best, and when he was manager of Barnet, he got George Best and someone else to come in and play in the non-league to oh, really? raise the profile really? of the club so, so what was his standard as a player was he I don't though? think it, well I've seen pictures of him right. and it's just like a younger version of this slightly fat guy so <laughs> I don't think he was he was at Manchester United as a sort of youth player and oh, really he never played a game and okay. he, he moved on and he retired quite young um, right. but I think he's one of those characters that's just very well connected in the footballing right, world yeah. like he was friends yeah. with Ron Atkinson and loads of those guys ok right Look, can yeah. we listen to Jimmy Greaves speech <laughs> yes I'd absolutely love to. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you and uh, good evening, fellow athletes. <laughs> I was talking to John Sillett, old snoz, the other week, and we played five seasons for Chelsea, snoz and I, and we worked it out that in five seasons we earned £5,400. <laughs> And I understand that Viali is on 30 grand a week there now, and I can't tell you how delighted I am about that. <laughs> Barry loving it. He does, you can't see that, but obviously you heard the applause. Yeah. Astonishing. It doesn't get applause, right? The Viali gag. Comedy standards back then. Not not the heights they are now. He was nominated for the Perrier that year, should be grieves. And that speech was on his gig. <laughs> but that sound of. Is Barry Fry hitting the table? He loves yeah. the Viali joke so much. <laughs> Wonderful. I have to yeah. say, Jimmy Green's surprisingly good public speaker, though. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah he's, he's got it, hasn't he? What do you think Jimmy Greaves makes of the wages now? I mean, if that was kind of... Look at, that you know, imagine is... a laugh that's getting now when he mentions Neymar's wages. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, then doesn't own the club. He gets bought by... Yeah, he gets bought out. So he introduces the potential new chairman is the owner of Pizza Express. So then the deal is done. This guy who owns Pizza Express becomes the new chairman of yep. Pizza Bro. And there's a photo shoot with the local papers on the pitch. And they get this guy. He's, oh, knocking, yeah. he's knocking late 60s. You'd go, can we just get a picture of you in front of the stand with a scarf? No, can you dribble a ball on the icy pitch? <laughs> yeah. He nearly tried to do it, trying to kill him. It's very so nice to have done this. Yeah. All the players are there in their new black and white stripy shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the goalkeeper's got that massive wooden thing he's got to <laughs> stop the ball with. Yeah. It's, it's a weird point. Um, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't uh, push through the point at which we see that Barry Fry has a personalised posh number plate. Oh, oh yes. Not his only no. personalised number plate. On every plate. car, it's. On every car, he's got yeah. a different personalised number plate. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, it's not posh. It's, I think it's P0511 with the little dot that screws oh, on the number. Oh, oh. I, I paused it to check. I paused it to check. <laughs> that I can is confirm. really good. So he has saved himself at least 800 quid there. So if they Strictly, that's illegal. <laughs> so. I haven't called the DVLA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> called the DVLA. <laughs> Now, then move into FA Cup game. Mm -hmm. This is uh, the Pizza Express Sky's first game. They need to win to play Birmingham. Well, while, while we're talking about him, actually, Peter Boizo, there's a moment, another one of those documentary devices where they go, I think the line is like, it's the start of a new era. They've got all this money to spend, things are going to change. And it cuts to the next shot. 
and there's a guy replacing the fluorescent bulb light (laughs) in the changing room as if they'd been in complete darkness (laughs) up until this point. But there is a cheer. There's a right back they'd lost years ago. (laughs) There's actually a discussion about the upgrades because that's the first game is the FA Cup and they go, Mm. we're going to kick off late because people have taken a while to get in. Peter Boiso goes, we actually need to get some new turnstiles. And Barry Fry... Kind of, he's overly tactile with Peter Boyzo yeah, in yeah, every absolutely. situation, needlessly yeah, so. Yeah. Although maybe he's known him longer than I think, but I would never be like that with well, my boss. <laughs> but Barry's like, ah, you're gonna put your hand in your pocket, and you're yeah. thinking, mate, you should be shitting yourself. He's but using it, the relegation I think he, I think he is. I think you've just it, got a new chairman. I think it rings of a man absolutely panicking and trying to buddy up. That's the only way he's gonna keep his job is if they're besties. That's basically it. That's the <laughs> all, all he's got left. You know, they're losing constantly. Yeah. So they just need to be the boys, the, pe- <laughs> the pizza boys. But that's all he's got, really. So shall we... So Wrexham at home in the cup. The fourth round. Yeah. So this is for a place in the fifth against his old team, really Birmingham. Exciting game. Wrexham at home. What's the score at half-time? One-all. One-all. It is indeed. And then... Huge and, argument. And so begin. I think we should play this clip here. The worst team talk of all time. Foxy go back door. Where was your left back? A fucking gin, left back. A fucking geezer. You never left back. You gone up his ass. Get the fucking man. He's supposed to stop the outside right. Not play fucking handball with you. He don't want his fucking hand held. Get out there and do your own fucking who's job. Picking the who's fucking fuck the four that's spinning off? Fuck this. You do your job and let other people worry about them. You get on fucking bullets. Fucking, fucking bullets. You let us down Shady, fucking fairy. Fucking you let us down again today. Defend the fucking back post, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> now, usually when I see a halftime row on YouTube, yeah. I can kind of understand what's happening, but I have no idea yeah, what they're no, talking about. I love there. it. I'm not. I'm one so all at that point. When yeah. I'm one at all. What I find astonishing about Barry is the halftime team talks yeah. obsession with apportioning blame. Yep. Yeah. For things that have already happened. Yeah. Surely. Completely. That's not helpful yeah. at this point. No, completely. To that level. Well, interesting fact, actually. Um, you know how there's these kids in the uh, thing with him all the time, in the dugout. That yeah. kid went on to be Jose Mourinho. <laughs> and uh, you've seen what he's done with Juan Mata. He, he will pick a player out and punish them. <laughs> he's learnt that from his dad. <laughs> there's a, a very much crying over spilt milk policy. Yeah, yeah. To his halftime team talk. It should yeah. say as well, so Mick Bodley is the man he's arguing with there, who eventually will become Peterborough's captain, yeah. and who now, according to his own Wikipedia page, is a postman. Oh, really? So he's just, you think about these lower league players that you see in this documentary, and like they've got completely different lives now. Yeah. Like, they're, po- they're, people, they're postmen. Completely. Still failing to cover the post. Um, <laughs> oh. Wasn't that what Barry Fry accused him of? I'm sorry. I'd like to think that every time he speaks to Barry... Yeah. Who's got the fucking post now, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Ripping up his envelopes. And he comes in in the morning to the sorting office. You missed your round last night, mate. <laughs> nah, man, bollocks! Bollocks! Yeah, you did. You missed that whole round. Bollocks! Bollocks! There's a bit Worry about your own round. There's a bit where it looks like Barry Fry's going to headbutt him. Yeah. You've seen that. It's really quite, yeah. Ooh, quite aggressive. Also, Barry Fry is throughout it wearing a, his trademark hat, which is... The only kind of other person I've ever seen wearing that hat is um, Steve Craddock from Ocean Colour Scene. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, one of those kind of. Yeah, it's, it's not a cap, yeah, but yeah. it's not a flat cap. No. But it's almost both. And it gas yeah. from Supergrass, didn't he have one for a time? Yeah. I feel like it doesn't sit well on Barry Fry. <laughs> no. I think like it's weird that he has it. Now, you mentioned earlier, Josh, the different kind of team talks he does. This is the another another variety. This one he just comes in them having lost and just leans against the wall and doesn't say anything. And just yeah. sit, everyone just oh, sits yeah. in silence. And then he just goes, Ah, get a drink and fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off home. <laughs> Fuck off home. And then we've managed to talk about the team talks without talking about the most astonishing moment, which is when Barry Fry has a, a go at someone who then throws their cup of tea at him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How? And, he, and he doesn't pick him up on it either. <laughs> he doesn't. He just carries on. Yeah. Like, if I threw my cup of tea at my boss, I think you'd be gone. Yeah, surely. When would that be acceptable? Never. Never. If you're scalding hot. If, uh, if you're playing for Peterborough in 1997. Yeah. If you're, also, if you're, if you're, why are you having a cup of tea at half time? Yeah. Have an isotonic drink. This isn't cricket. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the best snack. There's a, a moment later on when he comes in at half time. It starts with him saying, it was my fault we didn't get off to a good start because I watered the pitch <laughs> and it was slippy and it took you 20 minutes yeah. to get used to it. Yeah. And then they just cut to their winger Ricky Otto eating a Snickers <laughs> <laughs> which is just but he's eating it in such a matter of fact <laughs> like he's on a park bench. you know yeah. what he's eating it like you know when you when you give a kid a chocolate bar and they don't need any other entertainment because they're enjoying the chocolate yeah, bar so, a great old time. so he's just sitting eating <laughs> Snickers thinking I bloody love Snickers yeah. <laughs> they didn't need to drink all marathon <laughs> So after that, we, we see obviously another muddy pitch, and then suddenly we see the first home video of the documentary. Uh, sorry, Barry should we play Fry. it? Then yes. we'll tell people what we're seeing. Now it's going right. Nightmare sleep. So responsible for everybody. Now I'm in the team, I'm sure the players don't want to play in the third division. I certainly don't. Certainly the board don't want a bloody team in the third division. And then there's the people that matter, the fans. The natives are getting restless, frustrated, distraught, going crazy with the results. They see we've got good players, but we ain't playing well. Not consistently enough. Not long enough in games. We don't maintain it. Why don't we maintain it? We ain't got bloody clue. Really ain't. Crazy season, crazy. Now, if if I had just heard that, like our listeners just had, and had to imagine where it was, I'd imagine like a kind of down and out bar yeah. in New York. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just about to order another whiskey and he's sat there on his he's own slid along yeah. the bar yeah he's telling the, the barman his woes and the barman is cleaning cups for like whilst his little white towel get out of here Tom yeah. Waits is about to come on American football's on a bad TV above him like a slightly crackly TV yeah. uh, but instead how would you describe that Michael? I would well the obvious stuff is that Barry Fry is Topless, yeah, under the duvet, propped up against the headboard, yeah, sounding like he's just 
woken from like a general anaesthetic. <laughs> yeah, a thousand years. Sort of some kind of half lucid dream chat. That yeah, about. very weird. You can see on the bedside clock it's two fifty-two in the morning. Yeah. 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 And it, it says home video below it, as if to imply. We can do this. To give you an to give you an idea of what it looks like, it's a bit like you know that scene of Father Ted when they're in the two beds. <laughs> <laughs> really, it looks you can't see. I imagine his wife is beside him, but she's yeah, you she's can't see. If I if I like, I was sleeping. And it was 2.30 in the morning and I woke up to find my girlfriend Claire vlogging. She set up a camera on a tripod and talking about her day. It's 10 to 3 in the morning, Claire. <laughs> I'm knackered, what are you doing? <laughs> You're right, it does... The thing you said about it, it sounds like it's coming out from general anaesthetic. Yeah. It, there could be a policeman there trying to get the details of the car crash he was in. <laughs> he's just unable to give them. Barry, who was driving? <laughs> I don't know who's driving. I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. There's 15 pizza boxes on the back seat. And he's... <laughs> yeah. It's um, really it's, remarkable. It's an astonishing scene. Yeah. Because it comes from nowhere. In a documentary where they've had that kind of access, it blows my mind they've waited till two-thirds of the way in to start using it. It's like, it was really... such a shock. <laughs> yeah. To the point where I wonder whether they didn't have this footage until right at the last minute when instead of also recorded this. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just had to kind of throw it in. Well, there's there's a second scene yes. for the video. Story. I think the clock by the bedside table says 2.25am oh, when okay. he's doing that bit, which is important because the second time we'd have a home <laughs> video... It start, it's recording before they turn on the light. Yeah. Oh, that's a telltale sign that something's amiss. Michael, as a professional documentary maker, Well, Michael. basically, one or two things have happened is that obviously it's a setup, which it clearly is. But if you strip that away, the logic is that Barry Fry has set up a camera in his bedroom that's been recording all night. So he wakes up, turns on his light. It's already recording. Okay. He starts talking as if he's just woken up. Ten seconds later, his wife walks in with a cup of tea, (laughs) as if she's also been waiting for him to wake up. But what I like is, somewhere there's some poor guy who's had to trawl through like ten hours of rushes at night, (laughs) waiting for the moment that Barry Fry wakes up to do his his video. Also having to watch a couple of bits where he stands up, walks to the loo, completely (laughs) snarkers, so you see Barry Fry's meat and veg about. Four inches from the screen, <laughs> and then coming back, it's <laughs> yeah. red and butt. It does have it does have the grainy footage of of a Barry Fry sex tape. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> yeah. Also, and I know this is a pedantic point, but who wakes up right if you're struggling to sleep exactly. at half two in the morning? Don't have a cup of tea. Yeah, it's got caffeine in it. Completely. What are you doing? Well, at, that the, is- at the end of that, so that second scene, his wife brings a cup of tea. She's like dressed, so she's been awake puts the tea on the side he finishes his bit he reaches over switches the light off again without drinking the tea and then in the darkness you hear fancy a bit love (laughs) there's there's so many plot flaws in this tiny so do you think that that's real no no the the, the question for me is it was the question for me is (coughs) did they did they fake the clock to say 228 or did they actually get up in the middle of the night to to make a cup of tea and to to go for this silly no is it not the option where he's woken up yeah that's what I think at 2 yeah him and his wife have been unable to get back to sleep she's gone 
Uh, the documentary team said you should record stuff if you can't sleep. Yeah, I'll make you a cup but of tea. But you better make it real. Turn the light off and turn it back on again. There's yeah. that chance. Or is yeah. it like the moon landings? It's actually daytime outside. Yeah. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick is uh, changing the clock to 2.25am. It's 2.25, 35 minutes before kickoff. <laughs> yeah. That's shot at the ground. <laughs> Where they've set that up. <laughs> Yeah. So now we really come on to the... I mean, the first 15 minutes of this, you might have been thinking there's not much in this. We've really got to the business end. We've got to the home video, and then we get to transfer deadline. Which is my favourite part of the whole. Oh, Mine too. Lead us so good. Right. Well, the reason I love it is, A, Barry Fry's excitement. He's, he's going 24 hours to sort this out in a way yeah. that he couldn't have been using the time running up to it in any useful way possibly. <laughs> he's literally left yeah. it for the last day to give it a go. But what's amazing about it is they allowed the cameras in to the contract negotiations, yeah. which blows my mind. The other thing that blows my mind is that the player is there as well. Mick so Souza, yeah. 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 You, you're familiar with him? <laughs> yes. Uh, he was yeah, a decent lower league striker. Yeah, he was yeah. quite good. Uh, He's all right. Plymouth at this point were around the same level, so I remember him kicking around. Um, just on that, let's deal with the elephant in the room, the best detail yeah. of the transfer negotiations, yeah. which is, no word of a lie, on his manager's desk, we see that Barry Fry has a gavel <laughs> that he hits when he <laughs> seals a deal. Yeah. Have you ever worked in an <clears throat> office where they've got like an advertising team? I've worked in an office yeah. of a newspaper where they had an advertising team and whenever they secured a big deal would hit a gong. Oh. <laughs> God. God. As if you yeah. didn't hate them enough. Yeah. <laughs> like the beginning we of movies. Like, but right. yeah. yeah. Amazing. But not, not as big as that. Not yeah. like the MGM one. I worked in one they pulled a lion's tail. <laughs> <laughs> but Barry Fry hits a gavel when he secures the deal. But the deal we mainly see is Miguel de Souza. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Tom, on this? Yes. So we see the, the contract negotiation, which is between Miguel de Souza, yeah. Barry Fry, and Miguel de Souza's agent, who looks like he should never, ever be in a negotiating no. room. He's, he's just an old man. <laughs> yes. He's completely. just a generic old man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We don't understand what the numbers mean, mm-hmm. but I want you to interpret this. Miguel de Souza's agent wants... 8.50, 9.50, and then 10.50. Yeah, so like... Well, I think they then agree on 5.50, then 600, then 6.50. What is that? So, okay, so I reckon that's definitely weekly wage. Because he's a, he's their star striker. He's clearly their big signing. He's, score, he's been scoring goals elsewhere. So and I he's reckon on that 550 means, quid a week? So I reckon it was 5.50 a week for that, that season. That seems high Then it was 6.50 next season. Five, 25 grand a year! He's yeah. <laughs> a footballer! Yeah, no, oh, that's yeah. about right. So that is definitely what it is. Yeah. And that's why the bonuses come afterwards. So the bonus, Miguel de Souza negotiates um, 10 grand if he scores 30 goals in a season. Never going to yeah. happen. Well, I can I, tell I, I Wikipedia you. So Barry Fly didn't need to be so reluctant to give that clause away. <laughs> <laughs> 30 goals a season is an insane... Yeah, yeah, he'd never he'd never managed it before. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, he just, scored in his thirty-five games at Peterborough five goals. Five goals. <laughs> he was so 25 close. Off. <laughs> so close. So close. Yeah. 
Yeah. You can taste it. Yeah. Um, there's a lovely bit as well when the the, uh, the agent then kind of like licks his lips basically and goes, do you want to tell you what would be lovely? A lovely little survival bonus. <laughs> and then he goes, is that a thing? Or someone along those lines. Like, Does that exist? As if it, and then Barry goes, oh yeah, I've never... Like, they discuss it like it's never been... Yeah. Who is this guy? It's one of my favourite bits of Barry Fry actually. He goes, yeah, survival bonus. And Barry Fry goes, yeah, I like that. And then Adrian goes, 10 grand. And Barry Fry goes, yeah, yeah. I really like that idea. Five. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. But also, shouldn't there be someone from the club in charge of the purse strings doing this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, it is. Shouldn't the guy from Pizza Express be offering up? Exactly. This is why the club's in trouble. But also, you know, the agent comes in, he goes, We want 8.50, 9.50. Barry just goes, No, 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 no. 5.50. And that's it done. That's what he ends up with. But this agent, and he's just sat there smiling. He must be the worst agent in the league. It's nice to hear the little clauses that you would get on the old championship manager. Those are the things I The one I'd love to hear, what we really like, is a big club release clause. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love a big club release clause. Love that. Five. <laughs> but I love that it's in there. The I've met Barcelona with their Barry Fry negotiating with Neymar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So by this point, the overall feeling is that people are going to get relegated. Mm-hmm. There's no ray of sunshine throughout, really. No. Apart but from Barry's positivity. After this bit, I'm thinking, here we go. Yeah. Like they like, yeah. seem to have signed a bunch of players. I didn't know the story how this was going to win, but I was expecting, well, they're going to shoot up the league like yeah. nobody's business. Yeah. Oh. But there's one star sign that we should talk about after we shut up. Could I just before that say they go, This is a turning point. We're gonna do yeah. it. And then they we see the beginning of the next team talk and Barry Fry walks into the dressing room and he goes, Any tickets? <laughs> <laughs> and his first thing is, Does anyone want any freebies yes. for today's game? And I love that no one says yes. <laughs> It's like yeah. Our families aren't insane. Yeah. Even Clive's family haven't come down to see his baby. So there's, there's one star signing that is a, isn't isn't a player. He's gone out to replace the coaching staff, and how apt it is, Tom, that you're here for this because yeah. Phil Neal suddenly finds himself in the Peterborough dressing room, and for the like first time, drawn to the media flame. <laughs> Uh, for the first time in, in the many like, hours we've spent watching Phil Neal in doc- football documentaries he's animated yeah. he's talking he is like, he's learned his lessons you know what it reminds me of you know when like characters from one show turn up in another oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's astonishing that yeah. he's come from being Graham Taylor's assistant in the previous worst managerial documentary and then he must have known the documentary was going on. Is he a reality star? <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to be on Towley next week? <laughs> they got X on the beach, yeah. isn't it, when they've actually been in something else. <laughs> Phil Neal coming out of the water. <laughs> Barry Fry going, oh no. Oh no. Um, so, new players, new coaching staff, new dreams. Here we go. Defeat. Yeah, defeat. Um, we cut to another depressed Barry Fry in the dressing room, and he says, "Get dressed, have a beer, and fuck off." Home. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's he, a little thing he says before the game begins, which I briefly love to Clive Mendonca is just keep hitting it. I don't care where it goes, even if it goes over the stand, it doesn't matter. <laughs> 
Is that for your new star striker? Even if it goes over the stand, it doesn't matter. There's a moment during that game, I don't know if you spotted it on the bench, where he's celebrating. Yeah. And he, he elbows his daughter in the face. I didn't see that. He sort of jumps up and like, well, she takes an elbow in the cheek. Well, Chris will tell you she should have been home doing her homework. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Barry Fry, you don't want him as your dad. We basically draw to the end of the documentary. Mm. Um, and they go down yeah. well, they're going down definitely um, there's a lovely little bit in that obviously they're desperately trying to score there's a moment where the striker has it like on the corner of the box and he's surrounded by like five defenders impossible and Barry's just yelling score score <laughs> come on as if that's advice as if he hasn't scored why not just chip it all over, all over all the, the top corner score score come on. like somebody's bad at FIFA <laughs> but no there's no tactics, there's no thought. It's just yeah. Comes down to home game against Luton, they need to win. Yeah. Just before going out on the pitch, rather than give them a kind of final rousing speech, Barry informs them that whatever the result, they need to do a lap of honour for health yeah. and safety reasons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But there's a lot of like it's not a tense because dressing room because otherwise people will come the on poli- the pitch the police say they'll come on the pitch it's not a tense dressing room this is a, the, the last game of the season yeah. they need a win to stay up they're all laughing and joking they're making yeah, jokes about a lap of honour getting attacked do we have to do lap of honour if we go down could you not wait till after the game to spring that on them do they need that extra worry in their head because you're next to the tunnel you can yeah. stop them going off and say you've got to do a lap of honour yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, yeah, like, that's a good point. I, I would you do applaud your team's lap of honour if you've just got relegated? No. no, and I don't think I'd run on the pitch if they didn't do a lap of honour. No, <laughs> the players think it's going to stop me. The players openly dissent when he says that. They're yeah. like, "Oh God, fucking no!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Which is a real vision into the you know when you see those players going over to the away fans after they've lost. Mm. <laughs> They're not doing that. Because well, they want to. They're doing that because they've been gotten police instructions. If, you, if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever watched any documentaries on football, hooliganism and stuff, whenever it kicks off, it's normally down to the fact that the team haven't done a lap of honour. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the footage of, like, 80s football, England fans, it's always down to that. You, you, you stop and interview them. <laughs> Didn't do a lap of honour. That's why I'm, that's why I'm punching this person in the face. Why I'm throwing a plastic chair across the exactly. piazza. Ru- Russian hooligans as well, exactly the same. <laughs> Um, so Peterborough go down and I thought mm. I'd play in the final clip of the, of the documentary because I yeah. really feel like it, it sums up what I've come to realise Barry Fry is all about well as the saying goes they think it's all over and it is now but come back next year we'll be raring to go mate <laughs> they can't keep a good man down oh brilliant Barry Fry <laughs> I, I find his lack of worry about job security. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talked earlier about the sort of highs and lows of his personality. I, I would love to see the footage of that afterwards. Like, just let it run, and I guarantee, you, I guarantee you, he slumps back into his chair, broken. Do you think? Reaches over and pulls a handgun out of the drawer. <laughs> takes five. Five bullets out, leaves one in there, and just <laughs> live to fight another day. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but I, I, I kind of think Barry Fry is a, just a, a pure man. Mm. I think I, like, I thought, I'm not I sure it's an act. He was, yeah, yeah, I thought he was great. 
The thing I wrestled with was, is he famous because he's a character or is he trying to be a character to get famous? And I think he is just... Uh, he's got I a lot he of energy. I think he yeah. is that I think person. think you see that when he's great. with his family. I think he's a really yeah. good guy. Having seen that, he's a nicer, less annoying figure than I thought he was. Yeah. But a worse football manager. Yeah, yeah. completely. <laughs> because I think he's, he's so in control of his own persona the whole time. Mm. But at half time, he's got absolutely no control over his own emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's never thought, what should I say to these guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just spoken yeah. about what he believes has just happened. I mean, he definitely plays up to the cameras, but the stuff with him remortgaging his house, he did that at Barnet in one of his first manager jobs when he wasn't co owner. They were going to go under, and he remortgaged his house to pay, like to stop it going into liquidation. And then there's another story where he basically broke into the fruit machines in the clubhouse to pay the players wages in no, like no. loose change because they hadn't been paid in so long so I think wow. he genuinely does because Mick Ross's shoes have just got his 30th goal of the season <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a, a nice coda which is that I wikipedia him and he remained at Peterborough as manager for another nine years yeah. really yeah. how do they fare they, they came went, back they got promoted in three years after they got yeah. relegated and he, yeah, he carried on they're still wow. there. And they're still owned by the Pizza Express guy? I don't, don't know. Don't think so. No, go on. I now Papa think. John's owns them now. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Barry Fry from this. I would say mm. of all the documentaries, I really enjoyed the Graham Taylor one. Premier Passions was a slog, but it was quite a laugh. <laughs> this flew by and Joy. I was gutted it was over. If, yeah. if tomorrow he was announced as the new manager of Plymouth, how would you feel? Distraught. <laughs> <laughs> because I just don't think... He's not a serious figure within the game. No. You get energy yeah. with Barry Fry, and you get his personable. You do the not get tactical nouse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He'd make a great PE teacher. Yeah. Basically, he kind of the kids would find it funny. I imagine I'm swearing less, but he kind of, he's, he's energetic. I'd love to go for a beer with him. I think he's like a, he's like a really decent, nice guy and will be interesting. And uh, I liked him a lot. I thought he was really cool. Thought he was really cool? <laughs> Just say, just say, I wish he was my dad. I wish he was my dad. And I wish we could do homework in the pool together. <laughs> On so that note, thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. Okay. That was Barry Fry. Up next, we're going to present two reviews to Michael. He will pick his favourite. The winner goes into the title sequence next week. If you want to feature yourself in the title sequence, go on iTunes and leave a review. doesn't need to be five stars, but it helps. Okay. A podcast that will endure for years. How many years? Well, you bet, Matthew Kelly. (laughs) Oh, yes. I love you bet. I remember an episode of You Bet where uh, someone could identify Queen songs by how a candle moved in front of a speaker. Shut oh, up. Do they get that. it? Yeah. What? I remember one where a guy could identify the make and model of a car by the noise it made when the door closed. <laughs> I could love it. Do you know the problem with You Bet, right? There is... are no problems with You Bet. <laughs> no, there was a problem with You Bet, which was because you didn't know how difficult the challenge was going to be. Yeah. The number would always be like, I reckon I can do five out of seven. Yeah. And it would always be about their average. Yeah. So so every time it was just a flip of a coin. Yeah. 
It wasn't that impressive. If there was a problem with it, you bet it was that most weeks there was one big stunt that they spent all of the money on. You know, a guy had to fly a plane and burst a balloon with a sewing needle on the front. And then the next guy would be doing a card trick in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever watch it on Challenge as well on the guests and you're like, it's Keith Chegwin or Freddie Starr. <laughs> you're like, God, I remember when, when did TV stop being like this? What happened to Gary Wilmot? So <laughs> <laughs> what will happen? You bet we'll come back and they'll overproduce it and it'll be rubbish. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, second review. The next time you're at the checkout counter and you hear the beep, Think of the fun you could be having on Quickly Kevin, Will He Score the 90s Football Podcast, <laughs> Dale Winton. Oh. Very good. Winner for me is You Bet. So good. that will be in the title next week. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin and sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. Thank you very much. We'll join you next week with Graham Lasso. Thank you for listening. Thanks. In the meantime, Robbie Slater, see you later. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.